You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. affliction which is but for a moment i love that i love that now you may be going through something right now that doesn't seem very light in fact it seems pretty darn heavy paul's saying but our light our light and momentary affliction our light affliction which is just for a moment because guess what in god's eyes it's a blip in god's eyes it's a blip and what is this affliction doing to us working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. As Pastor Dave continues his teaching series through the book of 1 Samuel, he'll be reminding you that King David didn't become the king overnight, but God refined him over time. God allowed David to go through trials in order to mold him into the man that God was calling him to ultimately become. And here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 23 as he continues his message from Ziph to Moen, The Great Escape. He assures David of God's promises. We all have promises from God. They're right here. We all have promises from God. We need to be assured of them. We need to know that they're true. And that's what Jonathan's doing for David. I love it. I love it. He ensures David of God's promises. He ensures that David, the Lord, is with him. And we'll see him through this. You will be king of Israel. Those are powerful words. This leads me to believe that maybe David had some doubts. Remember, getting up every morning knowing that somebody was ready to kill you. Man, that must have been hard. And this lasted for a long time, folks. We're not just talking a day or two. We're talking for a long, long time. This is what each of us need. Someone who will not allow us to fall into worry. That's what I want as my friends. Hey, knock it off. Get your eyes back on the Lord. Get your focus back where it belongs. Jesus Christ. Stop looking at your circumstances. Someone who will strengthen the Lord's hand in me. You know, we all at various times look for sympathy. We all want an ah, poor baby. I know I like an ah, poor baby now and then. I want someone to come up to and go, ah, poor baby. Jonathan doesn't do that. Jonathan doesn't give David an ah, poor baby. He says, focus on the Lord. Focus on the Lord. I love that. Trust in the Lord. Put away your fears and don't sorrow. God is with you and you can stand up against this. You can do it, David, because God is with you. Sadly, this will be the last time that Jonathan and David ever see each other. This will be the last time that Jonathan and David ever see each other because in eight chapters from now, Jonathan is killed alongside his father as they battle the Philistines as 1 Samuel comes to a close. A very sad time. They don't know that. But look at the plans they had. Look at the plans they had. Look at it. It says, you shall be king of Israel, and I will be next to you. I'll be next to you. That, what a brotherhood. What a brotherhood. Some of us in here have that kind of a brotherhood. We can all have that kind of brotherhood. Will we just let go of some of the things that are binding us down? We can all have that kind of brotherhood. 
It's a sad time. So the two of them made a covenant again before the Lord. And David stayed in the woods and Jonathan went to his house. Even Saul knew that Jonathan was right. Makes you wonder why Saul continued to pursue David, doesn't it? Must have been a very distressing spirit that Saul had from the Lord. Remember how the Lord sent a distressing spirit on him? The spirit of the Antichrist, the spirit of the evil one. God had allowed that to come upon Saul, and he was incensed. He was obsessed. But you know what? Some of us get so obsessed. We get so incensed with different things. We have anger issues. We have all these kind of things, and we get incensed upon different things, and we demand to have our way. This is what Saul wants to do. I want David dead. I'm the king. Got to be careful of those obsessions. Those obsessions that come from the world, come from the evil one, come from the flesh. We got to be careful of those obsessions. They'll destroy you. They will pull you down faster than you can think. They will destroy you. We focus on what others have or what others are doing or what others have done to us and we allow our faith to slip. We allow our faith to slide because our eyes are no longer on the Lord Jesus. God's hand was upon David. But God's ways sometimes are uncomfortable, folks. Sometimes God's ways are not very comfortable. We way too often think that because we're Christians, we're not going to go through any type of afflictions or even have any persecution. Well, I'm here to tell you, folks. Sorry. Sorry, that's not what the Bible says. That's not what the Bible says. Sorry. I'm sorry. You will have trials. You will have tribulations. You will have times of woe. But be of good cheer. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. I love that. I love that. Now, you may be going through something right now that doesn't seem very light. In fact, it seems pretty darn heavy. But Paul's saying, but our light, our light and momentary affliction, our light affliction, which is just for a moment, because guess what? In God's eyes, it's a blip. In God's eyes, it's a blip. And what is this affliction doing to us? Working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. It's refining us. It's getting us more exceedingly great glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, the world, the obsessions, what people have, what people have said to me, what people have done to me, what I don't have, all those other things. But at the things which are not seen, God, for the things which are seen are temporary. They're going to pass away. They're going to burn up. But the things which are not seen are eternal. God will live forever. You will live with God forever. Keep our focus where it belongs. Man, if that doesn't want you to do the Snoopy dance, I don't know what does. That's incredible news. That's why they call it the good news. That's why they call it the good news. But see, through this whole study, I'm going back to 1 Samuel now. Through this whole study, I've come to the realization, and I know you probably realized before I, because I'm a little thick in the head sometimes. Saul wasn't fighting against David. Saul was fighting against God. Saul was fighting against God. Not a good place to be. So let's read verses 19 through 23, and we're going to look at how the Ziphites now betray David. 19 through 23. Then the Ziphites came up to Saul at Gibba, saying, Is not David hiding with us in strongholds in the woods in the hill of Hakaleah, which is one of the south uh, Jesomon? 
Now, therefore, O king, come down according to all the desire of your soul to come down. And our part shall be to deliver him into the king's hand. And Saul said, Oh, blessed are you of the Lord, for you have compassion on me. Please go and find out for sure and see the place where his hideout is and who has seen him there. For I am told he is very crafty. See, therefore, and take knowledge of all the lurking places where he hides and come back to me in certain with certainty and I will go with you. And it shall be if he is in that land that I will search him throughout all the clans of Judah. So the Ziphites betray David. David is betrayed once again. He was betrayed by the men of Kila, And now he's betrayed by the Ziphites. It's interesting. Not everybody is as faithful and good friend as Jonathan. That's the sad news. There will be people who betray you. There will be people who stab you in your back. There will be people who do terrible things to you, unbeknownst to you or beknownst to you. And why should we be any different than our beloved Jesus Christ? One name, Judas. Judas walked with Jesus Christ for three and a half years. Walked beside him, heard him speak, listened to his words, ate with him, broke bread with him, probably slept around the same fire as he, saw miracle after miracle after miracle happen, was told by Jesus probably many times that Jesus loved him, probably in some weird way believed that he might even be the son of God. Three and a half years. But he betrayed him, didn't he? He betrayed him. He betrayed him. Sad. Sad. He ended up allowing his heart to be filled with the desire of the devil. And he followed that desire. In verse 21, Paul gives his blessing to the Zithites. I love this. Paul knows the language to make people believe he's trusting in the Lord. Blessed of the Lord are you, Zithites. Blessed of the Lord are you. He's not trusting in the Lord. He's not trusting in the Lord at all. Remember, way back in the beginning of Samuel, he didn't even have a relationship with God. He didn't have a relationship, but yet he's, he's given this blessing to him. Blessed are you, the Lord, for you told me this. Oh, how nice of you to come and tell me where my enemy is so I can kill him. ha. <laughs> Saul knows the language. Maybe his own mind thought he was right. His own mind was so warped with hate. His own mind was so obsessed to kill David that he twisted things. And rather than walking with the Lord, he could only talk about the Lord. Ouch. I've known people like this. You might have known people like this. Oh, they speak a wonderful game. Oh, my gosh, do they speak the Lord? Oh, wow. Praise the Lord, brother. Hallelujah. Quote scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture. Walk around in this pious look on their face. Raise their hands when they sing songs. Shout out the name of the Lord. Oh my goodness. But in their heart, they're dead. In their heart, they're dead. Because they're not following truly after the Lord. They're not seeking truly after the one God. They're dead. You know people like that. We all know people like that. There's no substance because there's no relationship. They're legalistic. They have no grace. Because all they know is the law. All they know is God's word. Oh, yeah, they know it. But it hasn't dropped the 18 inches to their heart. It hasn't filled their heart with love. Just impressive talk. This is what Saul was doing. How disgusting. 
It's almost like he's using the Lord's name in vain. He didn't have a relationship with God. What a contrast. What a contrast we see. Here's Saul's character is deteriorating before our eyes, but yet David is being refined by the Lord's fire. David is being built up and raised up, making him into a courageous man, making him into a man that trusts God in all things. Saul needed the Ziphites' help to find David. But as I said, Saul was fighting against God, and you cannot outsmart God. Can't do it. Don't try. So David escapes, and he goes to this place called Maon. Look at the rest of the chapter. So they arose and went to Ziph before Saul, but David and his men were in the wilderness of Maon, in the plain of the south of Jerusalem. When Saul and his men went to seek him, they told David, Therefore he went down to the rock and stayed in the wilderness of Maon. And then Saul heard that, and he pursued David in the wilderness of Maon. Then Saul went to one side of the mountain, and David and his men on the other side of the mountain. So David made haste to get away from Saul, for Saul and his men were encircling David and his men to take them. But a messenger came to Saul, saying, Hurry and come, for the Philistines have invaded the land. Therefore Saul returned from pursuing David and went against the Philistines. So they called the place the Rock of Escape. And David went up from there and dwelt in the strongholds of En Gedi. Saul didn't give up real easily. He followed David to the wilderness of Moan, and they actually met on this rock, this mountain in the area. David was on one side of it, and Saul was on the other side. And I'm sorry I'm laughing, but the only thing I can think of is this picture of either the Keystone Cops, the Three Stooges, or Laurel and Hardy, where one of them is on one side of the mountain, and the other one's on the other side of the mountain, and as they go around the mountain, they're going like this. And then they stop, and then they go the other way, and they both go around like this, you know? That's all I can think about. I'm sorry, that's where my mind goes. I'm sorry, I'm warped sometimes. They can't find each other. They're running around the mountain like this and nobody can see each other. David's crafty. Remember, David's crafty. And he's like, I got this guy's crazy. He's coming after me. So what's happened is, just like in the Three Stooges movies and stuff like that, they both start to go the same way. And they're both coming the same way. And it appears that they're going to meet. And if they meet, David would lose. David would die. And if they meet, David would lose and die. So what happens? God has the Philistines invade the land. God says, okay, I got this one. Has the Philistines invade the land? And messengers come to Saul and go, oh no, the Philistines, the Philistines. And Saul, he runs and attacks the Philistines. Finally, he does something that a king's supposed to do. Finally, he does something kingable. He tried to catch up with David. It was a close call, but the Lord is still in charge. See, the Lord had a control. The Lord had a control all the time. How many times have you been in a close call? The Lord intervened in your life. You look back and see that, Lord. To commemorate the great escape, the Jews called the place Shela Hamathath Keloth, meaning rock of parting. In Hebrew, it carries the idea of a slippery rock or a smooth rock. In other words, the rock of slipping away as David slipped away. It truly was a rock of protection. We also have a rock of protection. We have a rock, the solid rock of Jesus Christ. He is our protector. He is always there for us and he will never let us down, as we had said before. He's always come through for me. He has not allowed me to slip away from the chain. He's allowed me to slip away from the chains that bound me. He's allowed me to slip away from the world. He's done all these things because of his love for me. But what's really interesting, what's really interesting, and we have time to do this, 
Turn to Psalm 54. Turn to Psalm 54. Now, we have a great time on Sunday night. We always read a psalm or something before our, our prayer, and it's always wonderful to read. And Psalm 54 is just a tiny little psalm. It's about seven verses. David wrote this during this time. David wrote this psalm during this time. Psalm 54. Psalm 5-4. And you can see, my Bible has a title. It says, Answered Prayer for Deliverance from Adversaries. To the chief musician with stringed instruments, a contemplation of David, when the Ziphites went and said to Saul, is David not hiding with us? So he wrote this psalm at this time. And I think it's great. We're going to end by looking at this psalm. He starts out by saying, save me, O God, by your name. Vindicate me by your strength. Hear my prayer, O God. Give ear to the words of my mouth. For strangers have risen up against me. My oppressors have sought after my life. They have not set God before them. Selah simply means think about it. Study it. He says, save me, O God. He knew Saul was coming to get him. He knew that things were happening. He says, vindicate me. To be vindicated means to be set free. To be, have freedom. I've been vindicated. To be found not guilty. Vindicate me by your strength. Hear my prayer, God. Hear my, here. Turn your ear to me. Listen, God. I got problems here. Enough is enough. He's coming to get me now. We got to do something, God. And David sounds a little bit excitable here. Strangers have risen up against me, the Ziphites. The oppressors have sought after my life. Saul and the army. They've all come in and get him, and they're coming around the mountain. Oh, I do it. Oh, that was terrible. And they're coming to get him. They are coming to get him. They have not set God before them. And then he says, behold, and listen to the way he prays here. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is with those who uphold my life. He will repay my enemies after their evil. He will cut them off from your truth. Cut them off from your truth, he says to God. I will freely sacrifice to you. I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. For he has delivered me out of all trouble. And my eye has seen his desire upon my enemies. They have fled before my eyes. They're gone. Listen to David praying here. This is incredible. I love this. He has delivered me out of a couple of my troubles. No, he's delivered me out of all my troubles. He delivers us out of all. David's prayer is that God would honor him. That God would take care of him. This is a wonderful prayer. It's a wonderful prayer to cry out to God. You know, God knows your heart. God knows you're hurting. God sees it. He sees it. One of the greatest scriptures in the entire world for me when it comes to prayer, and I've said this probably a million times as we prayed on Sunday night, when Moses went to God, went to the burning bush, when he got before the Lord, the first words out of his mouth were words of anger. Lord, Haven't you seen the affliction of your people? Haven't you heard their cry? Don't you know their sorrows? It's almost like he's angry at God. It's almost like he's angry. What did the Lord say? The Lord said, Moses, I have seen the affliction of my people. I have heard their cries. And I know their sorrows. And guess what, bucko? I'm sending you to help them out. I love that. The Lord's saying, He knows your affliction. Whatever's befalling you tonight, I don't know what it is. Whatever's befalling you, God knows it. God sees it. When you pray to him, he hears your cry. He hears your cry. Cry out to him, Lord, creator of the universe, 
Father of lights, Lord of lords and King of kings, I'm trouble. I'm hurting. They want to crush me. They want to kill me. They want to carry me away. This could be bill collectors. It could be other things. It could be a business. It could be a, a, a job. They want to take my life. They want to hurt me. But you, Lord, love me. And I know you love me because your word tells me you love me. But you, Lord, are in charge of everything. You're sovereign. You can do anything you want to do, Lord. So I put myself into your hands. Deliver me in your strength, Lord. I don't have the strength to deliver myself. I need you, Lord. Wow. See, that's the kind of prayer God loves. God loves those kind of prayers. He loves those kind of prayers. He wants you to pray that way. This is a sweet psalm. Maybe he meditated on it when he was in distress before they started running around the mountain. But he put it all in writing. He put it all there. He expresses his thankfulness. Lord, I know you're going to deliver me. And thankful. I am so thankful for he has. Look at that. For he has delivered me out of all my trouble. It's past tense. He has delivered me. I've been delivered. And my eye has seen its desire upon my enemies. Beautiful stuff. Beautiful stuff from David, man. We'll finish with this quote from Redpath. Quote, David is now looking at God. First, he was looking at his enemies and his supposed friends, the Siphites. But now he sees them through God. If you begin with God, your enemies grow small. If you begin with your enemy, you may never reach God. Unquote. Did you hear that? Let me read that again. If you begin with God, your enemies are small. If you begin with your enemies, you may never reach God. Always begin with God. It's always God first. Don't wait until you're on the last breath of the Titanic and it's about to go down. And you go, Lord, help me. You need to be looking at God all the time. Start out looking at God and your outlook will be so much better. Your whole brain will be so much better. You'll be more calm. You'll be more stable in the midst of the storm. And people will see Jesus in you. And people will come up to you and go, I don't know how you did it through that storm. I don't care what goes on in your life. I lost a job once. They, they told me I wasn't going to be fired at Wildwood High School. So I went down there. They told me I wasn't going to be fired. I had longevity there. And don't you know, the very first year, I got a pink slip. Oh, well, we're cutting back. Excuse me? You're cutting back. You told me, you promised me I had longevity. I said, okay. So I went and I praised the Lord. And I started praising the Lord. And I went to the rescue mission that Sunday night. And I taught the, taught the Bible study on stage at the chaplain's chaplain. And this, this guy came to me. One of the guys who were with me came to me and said, wow, I've never seen Jesus so much as when you were talking. You just lost your job. I said, yeah, who cares? God has it all under control. What am I going to do? I said, I can sit and whine and scream and holler about it and kick my feet, but God's still in control. And I felt great. And guess what? Two months later, I get a letter. Oh, would you come back to work? Okay. We start with God. Everything else is small. Everything else is small. Amen? You are We're so glad you joined Pastor Dave Shank today for A Sure Hope. This study in 1 Samuel has been taking you further into God's process of fulfilling promises. 
and it may not look like you'd always want it to. God gave a promise to David when he was young and unequipped to handle the magnitude of what was to come. God still gave him a glimpse to the future though, and we walked with David to help him grow and learn. God's plan included trials along with victories, but he was faithful to David throughout. Right now in our country, we are facing a trial never before experienced. Don't fear, God is as faithful to you now as he was to David. He will bring you through, and you can lean on Him for strength and comfort in the waiting. We'd encourage you to read ahead in 1 Samuel and discover for yourself how God works life out, and let Him encourage you through it. How can we be praying for you during this 1 Samuel study and during this unusual time in history? Please give us a call and let us know at 609-884-5821. Again, that number is 609-884-5821. We are pleased to be able to bring you teachings from God's Word on each edition of Assure Hope. If you'd like to hear more from this series in the book of 1 Samuel, visit assurehoperadio.com. There are several teachings on various books of the Bible available online for download, and we encourage you to share them with friends and family. That's all we have time for. Thanks for tuning in to Assure Hope.